and welcome back for another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. Are you an aspiring filmmaker? Do you love film? Or are you new to filmmaking? Scranton Talks is the podcast for you. It is full of inspirational, informative, and fun talks with other filmmakers about their projects and their journeys. Scranton Talks is part of the independent film creative hub based in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Hosts Luz Cabrales and myself, Desiree Zelensky, founded the independent film creative hub, which is geared to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. And I'm so glad you can join us again for another Scranton Talks episode coming back from a little bit of a break. Uh, We've been extremely busy with some projects. Luz has been working on some great stuff, um, taking a break from having four episodes in May. So we're back at it again, and we got some great stuff happening with our local filmmakers in Northeast Pennsylvania. So I'm going to name a few things, and you'll be reminded throughout the show about them. Um, We have the indie filmmakers Rory Clarossi and Matthew Wise of Ravenview Productions will be having their first public screening of their film, The Burden of Beauty, at Three Jacks Burger Bar in Dunmore on Wednesday, August 17th. Uh, We've been sharing that on our social media where you can find the link to get the tickets for that premiere. And we certainly can't forget that on August 18th at the Circle Drive-In at 7 o'clock, the premiere of the documentary Scranton's Championship Season to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Scranton native Jason Miller's That Championship Season 1982 film. It was a great collaborative partnership with Luz Cabrales, so with Scranton Films and producer Rob Savankis. Be sure to check that out. That's what Luce has been working on nonstop, and that's going to be a great documentary. And it's actually Luce's birthday on August 18th, so it's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great film. Be sure to come out. Let's storm the circle drive-in for Luce's birthday. If you're in the area, be sure to check out the documentary, Scranton's Championship Season, and the film, The Championship Season, which we'll show after that. Uh, The gates open at the circle at 7 o'clock. Um, the film will prop. The documentary will start around dusk, and then it'll follow a bit with the 1982 film. And then we have, since we are in August, and September is right around the corner. On September 1st at seven o'clock, we are launching the 2023 Mystery Box Film Challenge. Uh, Luce and I will be announcing the items and prompts you'll have to use this year. So be sure to follow Mystery Box Film Challenge on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date. And it's just amazing stuff that's happening in the area with our local filmmakers. So if you can, come out, support the arts, support our independent filmmakers here in Northeast Pennsylvania and beyond. And if you have anything going on filmmaking-wise with premieres and events, send us a message through our Facebook page and Instagram, and we'll be sure to share it. Um, We'll definitely share anything you'll send us. So I can't wait for all that amazing stuff. And for this particular episode, uh, Luce and I had the pleasure to chat with the filmmaking team of the werewolf feature monster flick, The Beast Comes at Midnight. Uh, which actually happens to be premiering at the Circle Drive-In in Dixon City on Saturday, August 13th, and also on Sunday, August 14th. The tickets are now available at thecircledrivein.com. It's a good old-fashioned monster movie everyone can enjoy. Uh, we had a chance to sit down with the executive producer, Ed McKeever, and the actor, Michael McKeever, the father-son team there, 
Uh, we had a great conversation with them about The Beast Comes at Midnight and how they got started and how they got this film to life. So be sure to come out to the premiere and I hope you enjoy this episode as we talk with the team of the film The Beast Comes at Midnight. everyone thank you for joining us for another episode of scranton talks my name is desiree and i am the co-founder of the independent film creative hub and the founder of the local film community nepa film society as well as the organizer of the mystery box film challenge and again thank you everyone for joining us as well my name is luz cabrales for those of you who know me uh, you know who I am, but if you don't, I am also the co-founder of the Independent Film Creative Hub in Scranton Films, and we are very excited to be back after, what was it, like two months that I had to take a break? Yeah, we, we took a break in June and July because we had a lot going on and a lot going on in May, so... <laughs> Yes, we had we did like what like four shows in May. Yeah, four shows uh, in May. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm very excited to be back and uh, sort of start kicking off. I guess it's hard to say, but it's you know we're getting to be like it's gonna be fall soon, right? Like everybody's gonna go back to school. Well, the, uh, yeah, so. the, the Halloween candy's out already. I saw it in Price Chopper. I saw it. <laughs> and everything it's was out already. Out. Yeah, I didn't like that, but it, it's all right. It's good because you know the fall is great for filmmaking. Right. Yeah, it's still pretty good weather up until November. Yes, yes. And uh, again, I'm very excited that we're bringing back um, all of these uh, Scranton Talks, all the mystery bags, everything that we have uh, through our social media. And right behind me, you'll see the Independent Film Creative Hub. Make sure you go to ourcreativehub.com and sign up. It's free and easy to use. It's sort of like our Facebook, but a little bit more moderated uh, where you can you know, post casting notices, uh, if you have a project, if you're not sure how to do something and you need a little bit of help, uh, those, uh, we're going to be there for you. Um, you can always send us a message as well if you're not sure how to do it and we can walk you through it. I think uh, I've been talking to Desiree about doing like a little tutorial for quite a bit, but I never oh, get yeah, to that'll it. That would be, be a good idea down the road. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of great announcements. Uh, I'll let Desiree uh, go through them because there's there's quite a bit, right? Oh, yeah. We have some really great stuff happening in, with our local filmmakers here in the Northeast Pennsylvania region, especially this month. Um, so we're going to mention a few here. Uh, the indie filmmakers, Rory Kalarasi and Matthew Wise of Ravenview Productions, they'll be having their first public screening of their film, The Burden of Beauty, at Three Jacks Burger Bar in Dunmore on Wednesday, mm-hmm. August 17th. And we've been sharing that where you can get the tickets. They're $10. And we certainly can't forget why Luce has been busy <laughs> for most of the couple of months that on August 18th at the Circle Drive-In at seven o'clock, there will be premiering the documentary of Scranton's mm-hmm. championship season to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Scranton native Jason Miller's that championship season 1982 film. It was a great collaborative Creative collaboration between Luz at Scranton Films and Robert Zavankis. Be sure to check that out. I may have been through that name. Zavankis. I always do that on the show, so you have to do it once in a while, right? I'm sorry. Yeah, I butchered that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to elaborate, Luz. That's what you've been working on the last couple of months. Really yes, yes. You know, it's, it's, it's very hard for us independent filmmakers to, you know, juggle all the projects that come, you know, because sometimes there's none and sometimes there's quite a bit. 
So this this summer was uh, very busy for me. Uh, and just to be able to collaborate with uh, Bob on a project that signifies quite a bit for the community and not just the community, also for independent filmmaking, just the way that, uh, you know, Hollywood came to Scranton uh, via uh, Jason Miller uh, and being a native of, of Scranton and making a film that was, you know, something that really touched a lot of people. Um, that That's what the story is about. Uh, we, uh, Bob and I are going to hopefully try to do another Scranton Talks before next week. Uh, we are a little bit busy, but uh, if we can make it, if not, uh, I mean, just come out uh, and support local filmmaking. Uh, August 18th is going to be, uh, you know, very nice. Uh, it's also my birthday. That's right. Remember? Oh, yes. So, it's my birthday on the 18th. So be- yes. So we're going to do uh, quite a bit of uh, red carpet, red carpet, pictures, you know, come in, uh, you know, just hang out. It uh, starts at 7. That's when doors will open. And then as soon as it gets dark, we'll start the documentary. And then after that, you'll get to see the film that uh, we made the documentary on. Uh, so if you're not so much interested in the film, come for me because it's my birthday. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> hello. Yeah, it's going right? to be a great weekend. And also, even though we are in August, September is right around the corner. And on September 1st at 7 o'clock, we're going to be launching the 2023 Mystery Box Film Challenge where we'll announce the items and prompts you'll have to use this year for the challenge. So be sure to follow the Mystery Box Film Challenge on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date. And just come out and support our indie filmmakers here in Northeast PA. Um, If you have anything going on with filmmaking events in the future, feel free to message us and we'll be gladly to share everything as much as we can. Yes, yes, please do. Uh, and, And talking about independent filmmaking, I mean, we have... Uh, two guests here that are going to talk about what you know what is independent filmmaking and a great film that is coming to the circle driving this saturday august 13th and 14th i believe they just added a new date that's how yeah, they, popular they're adding it is, Sunday right? yes so you gotta make sure that you get those tickets but uh let me just uh introduce you to uh these filmmakers after i show the trailer out of the film uh the beast uh comes at midnight it's going to be a film, again, playing at the driving on August 13th. And we have Ed and Michael here that will talk about, you know, the making of the film and just what independent filmmaking is all about. Yeah, so let's welcome yeah. executive producer Ed McKeever and actor Michael McKeever. Hey, hello. Hey, guys. Hello. Desiree, Luz, thank you so much for having us on. And Luz, happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we're very excited that you uh, were yeah. able to come to the show in uh, just, you know, such a, such a close date on Saturday. We're very excited. This is this is good. This should uh, bring up the hype and people should come to this uh, to this event. But what we're going to do first uh, is very laid back uh, conversation. Let's just, before we get into The Beast Comes at Midnight, um, just the film itself, Let's just talk a little bit about you, uh, both of you as uh, producers, actor, filmmakers, and just how you got started. Uh, a lot of this show is, uh, like I was telling you before, behind uh, the scenes, is is for filmmakers, right? For people who want to get into the film industry, for people that are maybe already in the film industry and want to connect with other professionals. Uh, so I'll, I'll do the first question, and then we'll kind of go back and forth uh, based on your answer. Uh, but then, you know, uh, we'll put you on the spot for a little bit, if that's okay. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> All right, perfect. So, Ed, um, we'll start with you. Uh, just how did you get into the uh, the filmmaking industry? And um, 
Also, I, I heard you have a little bit of ties uh, to Pennsylvania as well, even though you're in Florida, correct? Yeah. That, that, that is accurate. Uh, originally from New Jersey, which is where my filmmaking journey began when I was very young. And I used to go to the multiplexes and see films like Eddie and the Cruisers and Die Hard and the Lethal Weapon movies and just all these great, you know, uh, I'd sneak into movies like Beverly Hills Cop. And, um, and it kind of started out with my love of film there. Of course, my father taking me to the drive-in to go see the, the original Star Wars trilogy yeah. um, up in East Brunswick, New Jersey. And then as I got older, I just loved film and I really wanted to work in film. Um, but my career path took me in a different way. I did executive protection and security for about 25 years. And um, when I turned 40, I said, you know what? If I'm not going to do it now, I'm never going to do it. So I put an ad on Craigslist for independent filmmakers and for college filmmakers and said, let's collaborate. I said, I have a little money. You have some skill. Let's make a movie. Um, a few hit or misses along the way. We managed to... Uh, Meet some great individuals like Gene Snisky, uh, former WWE wrestler, Ernie yeah. O'Donnell from the movie Clerks, and some other very interesting human beings. My partner, Jason Kerner, at the time, um, with Walking Dead Films was the name of our company. And uh, we got together and wrote an 80s slasher movie. Gene agreed to act in it. Ernie agreed to act in it. And 100 Acres of Hell was born. And now five years later, it's been released by Indican Lionsgate. It's available on all the VOD platforms worldwide. Everybody can see it. And I had the opportunity of actually getting my son his first acting role in it when he was only about 10 years old. Oh, nice. Wow, Michael. Michael, you, you must be very proud of that. Uh, so how about uh, before I do a follow-up question, uh, just tell me a little bit about your your career. I mean, you're, you're, young, you're a young person. Uh, you're acting as well, maybe something else. Uh, tell me a little bit more about your journey. Well, I've always loved film. In fact, my dad, my earliest memories, he would force me to watch. He like put me in this room and like forced me to watch movies like Star Wars, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So I've always loved filming and stuff like that. Um, I always like watch the behind the scenes on how the film was created. I've always been intrigued by, you know, that and dad getting my dad getting me to a film was just fantastic. He, he spends most of his time during the day doing uh, quotes, and his most recent quote is everything from The Sopranos. You know, oh, okay. uh, because he's at the age now; he's 15 years old. I'm like, oh, go ahead, watch The Sopranos. And uh, being from New Jersey, I think he just took to it a little too well. We're, we're part <laughs> Italian, but you would think over here he just got off the boat from Sicily. The way he oh. really. Yeah. Well, that's, he, a, that's he, quite he, a ride. I can't refuse, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great show. Uh, so, uh, did you finish all of the seasons already? Oh, yeah. It took oh, me like great. one summer. It, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. That's all right. That's the beauty of, uh, you know, just binging uh, all of these shows, right? Uh, that you can really catch up on a lot of the classics and just, just pretty much everything on that. Yeah. Um, but but that's great. I mean, it's, it's a great, uh, you know, combination because we have someone who's younger, who's, uh, you know, your career is just starting uh, and is definitely going to bloom. I mean, I've seen, you know, the trailer of the Beast Comes at Midnight and, and just, you know, all of the stuff that is going around uh, online. And it seems like you have, you know, you have quite a bit of talent uh, and having uh, your father as well that is doing a lot of the of the great producing um, is even better. Just like how you said, Ed, uh, that you put out a, a, you know, a call on Craigslist. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. And just uh, was it anything that surprised you about local filmmakers? Maybe that can um, that can help someone that is, you know, sort of in the same boat and saying, you know what, 
I, my career took me on a different path. You know, um, mm -hmm. my life took me on a different uh, path, but I want to do filmmaking. Um, what will be uh, on that sense, just your advice with the Craigslist and just how you got that movie made, the first, well, the first movie? What was interesting was I put it in on Craigslist because I was very naive. I went to college for television productions, but that might as well have been 100 years ago. It was back in the 90s. <laughs> uh, I went to Brookdale College, which is kind of funny because there are a lot of jokes and movies are made about Brookdale College. Um, and, you know, uh, my experience with some television stuff, so I put an ad on Craigslist. I got people of varying ability and um, all great people. And uh, we made a very small independent horror film called Terror at Ten Acres that we actually fel filmed at a hotel in Absecon, New Jersey called the Ten Acres Motel. Um, and then they, they wrote a newspaper article about it after we filmed it. It screened. It actually won a couple of awards at some smaller film festivals. And the writer wrote how scary and dingy and dark the hotel was. So then the person in the hotel never wanted to speak to us again because it, <laughs> it, it made their hotel, according to them, instead of making it something a positive experience, it detracted from it, made it a negative experience. Um, oh, so I've learned a lot. And I learned that, you know, we need to make sure everything that we do paints everything in the most positive light and stop using Craigslist. Because you get a lot of people that wouldn't show, they didn't really want to take it seriously, and you're better off to invest in an IMDb account and actually reach, start networking and reaching out to people. The Facebook groups are great, networking with people in your local community. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of options. No, that's great that you mentioned that. Uh, I think uh, when I first started Scranton Films, uh, the first thing I did, uh, you know, once I figured out what I wanted to do and I was like, you know, I, I got to get all these filmmakers together is I went on Craigslist, you know, and uh, I just put out a call. And uh, again, like you said, you get a hit or miss, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's been great. And it's great that you also did that because it shows that, you know, like we sort of filmmakers think alike, you know, we got to, we throw it out all out in the universe and we, we sort of get it back in, you know, in uh, many ways. Um, but I'll let um, Desiree ask the next question. I know she had uh, quite a few good ones. Uh. <laughs> I know I, you mentioned Gene Snitsky. Um, it's mentioned that Gene Snitsky is also in the Beast at Midnight. If you want to elaborate on how it was working with him specifically and what role does he play in The, the Beast Comes at Midnight? Sure. Due, due to the location that we're in, we filmed The Beast Comes at Midnight in Florida. When I was living in New Jersey, we filmed in Pennsylvania and South Jersey, 100 Acres of Hell. So it was much easier to have Gene on set. But Gene was so great to work with. I mean, he's the lead. He's, he's the ultimate hero. He's six foot seven and 300 pounds, pure muscle. Um, it's actually kind of hard to find a, a creature scary enough to pit against Gene. Um, so that in itself was a challenge. But I think we pulled it off pretty well. A lot of people seemed to like it. And I just said, I have to work with Gene again. So I pretty much called him and stalked him on the phone, sending him text message. I'm like, we're going to find a way to get you into this film. And because Michael's character of Tough is a podcaster in the film, it gave us some opportunities to use a podcast element in the film to invite some people in that maybe we necessarily didn't have the budget to get them down to Florida. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and with uh, yeah, with in Florida, since the film is set in Florida, what's it like? What's the film community like in Florida versus like what you've experienced in Pennsylvania or New Jersey? It's it's a very good community. It's a great community. Um, very positive individuals. 
that would like to work in film here. But the problem is there's, although this it's changing now, they're starting to be more film. They're starting to come here with lifetime movies and Hallmark movies, yeah. um, very beach centric or um, uh, fish centric, like things that are really here, Florida type of films, um, a lot of Christian films. So the film community is growing here. Um, a couple of years ago, that wasn't the case. So a lot of the people that were investing their life in the arts were filming Audi commercials, WWE commercials, um, because that, that's how they existed. That's how they were able to support themselves. So we're starting to see a transition now. We don't really have a statewide incentive program here. We have it on a per county basis if okay. they participate at all. Um, and we were actually able to work with the county of Hillsborough, which is where Tampa is, where we reside. And you could work with the county and, and there's certain tax incentives and things that are available. Oh, yeah, because um, I know with Pennsylvania specifically, I think our state, I'm pretty sure, has a statewide incentive specifically. Mm -hmm. And I know recently they just upped that, which was it's great news for Pennsylvania specifically. Yeah, it's great. I'm very familiar with that in New Jersey. Uh, matter of fact, I was one of the individuals who met with the SAG people and we would go out and talk to the lawmakers and we were saying we really need the incentive program back in here in New Jersey. And uh, it passed. But now I'm here in Florida, so I didn't necessarily benefit from it. But yeah. I think the arts community did because the second that it went through, Netflix came to town. Now Netflix is talking about building a big studio there. Um, but just you hear all about all kinds of huge companies, businesses. They filmed the Joker there. They made the, uh, the the big zombie movie from Zack Snyder down in Atlantic City. So it's definitely an area on the rise, New Jersey. Yeah, and, and that's a good, great example, right? Like when, uh, you know, we get the help, you know, uh, to make films, um, then the big companies are going to come and, and also help us, you know, uh, help our filmmakers succeed. So so that's a, that's a great thing uh, because all of this that we're doing is, you know, to show to show them that we can we can make films. Uh, yeah. So producers like you, uh, you know, that are coming from, you know, they're in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Florida. Just they know where the, where where the places are to to film. Um, mm -hmm. How um, for before we get into the film, um, I, I'm gonna ask uh, Michael uh, just uh, you know uh, more of a question about how your the stuff that you've been doing as an actor. So you started. What was your first film with um, with Ed? Yes, it was uh, the 100 Kids That Help film. I played a little kid. I was in like a restaurant. I went up to Gene Snitsky's character and I was just, you know, I was just fanboying over him pretty much. I was asking for his autograph and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, very good. And so how, did, how was that experience? How did that, I, I know you said, you know, you, you really just studied the behind the scenes. You liked a lot of that uh, stuff already. Uh, but how did that shape uh you know, you're, you're starting your career uh, just as an actor. Uh, maybe other things that you've been in that uh, maybe people can look out for next time they go on your IMDb? Yeah, I mean, 100 Acres of Hell was great to start with. I mean, the very first scene I was ever in, I was talking with Gene Snitsky. We're talking about the guy that punted a baby into a live audience, <laughs> WWE Universe, stuff like that. So that was great. And then um, fast forward a year, I was in uh, Comic Book Men. I was there when they were doing the uh, world record for the most amount of people that dressed up as Jay and Silent Bob. So oh, that's exciting cool. stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That is very exciting. And and what um so what is your process as an actor? Like, do you uh, go online and look for uh, casting polls, or do you have an agent? Like, what is your uh, process on that? Maybe something that you can 
give someone your age that may be watching uh, just an idea of how, how they can get started or, or keep going with their career? Yeah, I just I just say practice a lot. Watch YouTube videos, sign up for some classes, you know, get confident, start applying to some roles, really, you know, just stuff like that. Really try to perfect your craft before approaching any uh, you know, films and stuff like that. Michael had a really good chance working on uh, The Beast Comes at Midnight because he shares scenes with Eric Roberts, who's an Academy of Norton uh, nominated yeah. actor. Yeah. And he shares scenes with Michael Pere, who's a star of all these 80s films like uh, Streets of Fire and Eddie and the Cruisers and, and just so many cool films, The Philadelphia Experiment. Uh, so, so for Michael, that was also, I think, a great building experience for him as well. And that's great. So we'll we'll jump right into the movie, right? Uh, and just tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, based on the trailer. Uh, maybe if someone just missed the trailer and got into the live stream right now, just what the movie's about. Um, how Michael, I know you play the main character in the film. Uh, so just uh, maybe we can talk about and uh, just what the film's about, and and then the experience, like you said, working with Eric Roberts and 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 other stars that have, you know a lot of uh, um, professional experience already in learning from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great experience. It was really cool that we got to put everything together with everybody. Um, we set out to make a film that would be the, you know, I think the age old question is, especially if you love horror movies, you say to yourself, what's the first movie? My, my kids, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I want to share that experience with them. And Michael was very young because I was sharing that experience with him at a young age. And we said, we have to make kind of the, 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 the horror movie that's the first horror movie you can watch as a family. And uh, we were at the Independent Showman's Museum in Gibsonson, Florida. And we saw this banner up on the wall. And the banner said, the wolf boy, the devil boy, the, I forget what else it said, uh, the devil child. It was like a, a, a uh, old sideshow banner. And uh, we saw that, and Michael looked at me. He was very young. He's only about 11 years old. And he goes, I wonder what the wolf boy's up to now. And it was like the little light bulb that like you see in the cartoon. <laughs> and we immediately went home and started brainstorming characters and scenarios. And originally, we were going to do the film on like a shoestring budget. We, we incorporated the, the whole podcasting idea because we were going to shoot like a found footage type film on the computer with him just talking about the experience with people. And then from there, as we got investors involved, great investors down here. I, I can't say enough about my partners, Todd Wafer, Drew McCollum, and Vincent Cerullo. Uh, they got together, really got behind us. We put together a whole art piece with a gentleman by the name of Steve Gray. And we just started developing this thing. And it kind of steamrolled uphill into something bigger than we anticipated. And it actually became a film. Um, that a lot of people were talking about and were actually able to premiere it in actual theaters. So it was a really, really cool transition. That's great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to probably try to share it on the screen just so uh, we play the trailer as we go. But but go ahead, Desiree. I know you had a couple questions. Uh, while yeah, I know that. Um, we mentioned that and everyone who was here to see the trailer, which we'll show again later, um, this film includes Eric Roberts. He's very notable. Um, if you want to elaborate on uh, what it was like having Eric Roberts, maybe how you got him on board to the project and what it was like working with him. It was very interesting getting Eric on the project. Originally, we had another cast in place, but due to COVID, there were certain individuals that we couldn't get here. And originally, and there's a poster out there on the internet that you can find. There's a Hungarian actor by the name of Robert Bronzi. 
And his claim to fame is that he looks exactly like the classic film star um, Charles Bronson, but the way that Charles Bronson looked in the 1980s. And he was supposed to be the character you see on screen now that's Eric Roberts. He was going to be the sage werewolf and vampire hunter that has to teach the young man how to survive this vicious attack going on in town that nobody seems to believe. And the problem was we could not get Bronzy here. We even had a sitting U.S. senator on our behalf try and help us get Bronzy here. And because of COVID, we could not get him here. So Mm -hmm. my partner Todd and I put our heads together, and we just threw together a wish list. We were like, uh, Nicolas Cage, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We (laughs) threw all these names out there, and we just started lighting up the phone on IMDb, calling agents. And um, it wasn't that we called a lot of people, but there were like four or five people that were like, it would be great to work with. And one of those individuals was Eric Roberts, and Todd got through. And next thing you know, we had Eric Roberts on an airplane flying here with very short notice. Wow. Um, wow. And he's great because he's a consummate professional. You know, he learned his lines. He got there. He fell into the moment. And uh, the rest is cinema history. I think people are really going to respond to it. Yeah. That's great how you mentioned that. Uh, just, uh, you know, um, again, like you said, you wanted to do it on a, you didn't want to do it on a shoestring budget, uh, but you only had certain resources. Uh, but having um, sort of star power, I guess that's how we call it, uh, can bring your project just a little bit higher up on the production, uh, right? Maybe talk to me about that as a producer that you are, um, for filmmakers out there that are, you know, they're, they're, they're making all their films, but they're kind of looking for something that can be distributed. Uh, you know, in different platforms uh, and having star power. I mean, you, you don't just have one, you have three of them, right. In your film, but it's still considered independent filmmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of how, uh, what, what would be your advice on that, on, on, on how to uh, get that going? My advice would be, it never hurts to ask. If yeah. people want to think you're crazy, if you write a good enough script and people like your script, they'll be involved with you. There, there's different things that motivate actors and people in Hollywood. One, it's, Am I going to get good exposure from this? Is it a quality project? And then people are going to respond to it well. There is the uh, it's self-fulfillment. This is the role I'd really like to do because I really think I could nail this role. And then there are some people in Hollywood that are working strictly for a paycheck. Um, and it's just a matter of you can appeal to someone's sensibilities once you know what it is they're looking to work with. Um, we, as independent filmmakers, have to work with people that believe in the craft as much as we do because we don't have a lot of money on a per project basis. So we went out there and, you know, uh, there's a certain amount, it's like a new relationship. You're courting someone uh, to be involved with you. And we were very fortunate because it wasn't our first time working with people who were known in the industry. Um, On hundred acres of hell, I was fortunate to work with great WWE superstars, um, Gene Snitsky and Samu Anawahi, the Anawahi family. And uh, Eric, uh, I'm sorry, and Ernie O'Donnell and Catherine Corker. And we just had this who's who of kind of independent cinema working with us, which kind of gives you the confidence to go out there and try and talk to other actors and actresses. So that's, that's pretty much where we're at. That, no, that's great. I mean, it yeah. just, just to be, so how long did it take you? For, you said you started this uh, before COVID or like when COVID was happening, uh, like is that, was that a challenge as well? Like you said, trying to get people to be interested in the project, but to actually make the project itself uh, yeah. for the production. What's interesting is every once in a while, you can only do so much with Facebook. You can go back and kind of look at it. And sometimes it freezes up and sometimes you, 
But I make a point of going all the way back to the beginning of our Facebook page. And I think we started our Facebook page in March of 2020. And when I started that Facebook page in March of 2020, it was nothing but an outline sitting on a notepad. And um, we went out and had a, a poster created, which wasn't the final art. It just kind of gave people the idea of what the flavor of the project was going to be. Then we built a good pitch deck. Then we started calling investors. We started attaching names to the project. Um, and, and as you get people more excited about what you're doing, more people want to come aboard. And it's kind of like if you have positive energy, other people with positive energy find you. Uh, we found this great artist. I mentioned him earlier by the name of Steve Gregg. And Steve said, I want to jump right in with you guys. And I, I want to help design and create. And I want to help you get your project out there and get this information out there. Um, so he, he's been a, a great asset. You just kind of have to find your assets and start working together. And we have this great um, symbiotic relationship with a lot of people. Um, because even if you don't have a lot of money to work with, they have dreams and things that they want to do too. And it's kind of like you help your friend up the ladder. And as you get some degree of success, you're able to bring those individuals with them and let them share in that success with you. Well, that's that's yeah. great advice. Uh, that that is great advice. Uh, just uh, again, because you know, again, not just Desiree and myself. Desiree and I have collaborated on on getting more filmmakers to you know go out there, get out of their shell, and and, and really collaborate. Uh, that is, uh, you know, I, to be honest, one of the problems that we see when that we encounter is that we all want to do something, but we're not all willing to collaborate and to build relationships uh, with other filmmakers. Because we all want to do it ourselves, right? But it's like at the end of the day, if I can do something, I know that Desiree can, you know, uh, and then we kind of yeah. help and build that off of that. Yeah, um, it's, all so a, it's, it's all a team effort. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, the worst that someone can say is like, no, I have something going on because everyone has different schedules and it's just, mm -hmm. that's life. Yeah, it's like when you look at the credits, I can't do every one of those functions in the credits. I don't have somebody doing lights and I don't have somebody filming it. And you don't have a good director and you don't have somebody doing costuming and wardrobing and, and all these various functions. You, you can't do it all yourself. It's absolutely impossible. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you need to find other people. What is it? Uh, find people on the same journey as you. And, well, um, and yeah. but you're very right. A lot of people don't want to collaborate with one another. There's a little bit of um, hesitation. Ego. Yeah, yeah, ego, ego. yeah, possibly um, a little bit of ego and a little bit of, uh, um, yeah, it's ego is really what it comes down to. I think if you can get past your ego, it's never 100% going to be the way that you want it to be. You have to bend and not break, I think is the best way, especially as a producer, because you're given a, a, an interesting set of challenges. And if you hit a roadblock, you can't just go, that's it. Film's over. See y'all later. I'm out the door. Uh, you have to be willing to adapt and overcome and figure out how you're going to take that challenge head on. We had a lead actress drop out on us one week before we were going to film the film. And we were very fortunate. Our director, Christopher Jackson, quite an instructor, and she actually had a few really good students in her class. And we were very fortunate. And, and, and we actually, there was two or three girls that were wonderful. Um, mm -hmm. and we were very fortunate to get Madeline Cimento. Um, when our lead actress fell off the project because she was starting college, um, Madeline came in and she did a great job. If you watch the, the trailer and the film, I think people are absolutely going to fall in love with her. She's great. That's great. So how long, um, just the last question on the film, 
how long did it take you to film the actual, like just the production part of it, um, not the editing, just shooting the actual film? Uh, okay, so we had an original production shooting schedule, about 28 days. But we didn't have a budget for 28 days. So we cut it down to about 21 days. Then we ran over budget. So then we had to go back to our producers and say, listen, we're making a much better movie here than we originally set out to make. And um, some people would think that's desperation saying, oh, they just need more money. But in this circumstance, we were actually making a much better movie than we were originally setting out to make. All the pieces were kind of falling in place where they needed to be. And our producers were very gracious. Um, we didn't go that drastically over, but we did go over. Um, they reinvested in us and uh, saw the potential of what it is we were doing. And uh, we were able to complete the film and we got back up to about 28, 30 days of shoot. Oh, wow. And how long is the, is the film itself? Nine, well, I'm sorry. Originally it was 92 minutes, but I think it's been trimmed down to 85. Oh, great. So it is a feature. I thought it was a short film. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a feature. It's I'm a even feature. more excited. I'm One of the things excited. that people say as they watch it, too, is we went out of our way. We were very conscious of we didn't want this is where we are. We can only afford to have this in the frame. And it's going to be 25 minutes of dialogue right here. Some films are great like that. We said we have the whole state of Florida as our oyster. Um, and especially here in the Tampa area, we have this classic town of Gibsonton. We have Plant City. We have we have Tampa itself. We have these lush um, uh, tropical environments. So when the script was written, it was written with that in mind. And I have to say that uh, uh, Christopher Jackson, our director, and his director of photography, Darren, did a, a tremendous job. We went out endlessly finding the perfect locations. And uh, the film itself looks beautiful. That 85 minutes runs by like that because you're just going from one beautiful location to the next. We didn't settle great. for a location. We looked for the right location. Yeah. Wow. No, that's great. And that's great. And if you can, you know, you can think that a movie is, is short, but it was actually a feature when you're watching that's great editing. You know, I'm an editor by heart. And if you can follow that and, and you know, and, and, and go, uh, uh, for for uh, a whole feature thinking that is oh my goodness is over already uh, then um, you know and, and, I, and that's what I see here so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put the dates right let's talk a little bit about just when this is playing here in Pennsylvania for we have um, people in New York New Jersey and, and, and you know in California that watch our show uh, so let's talk about this is for Scranton, Pennsylvania only for now. But uh, I think there's a few other dates. Um, you may be in New York tomorrow, right? Yes, so we're going to be in New York Friday night at the Festival of Cinema. Myself, right. Michael, one of our lead actresses, Samantha O'Donnell, and producer Robert Savakinis uh, will be present for that screening in New York. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Saturday and Sunday, we drive back into Pennsylvania. Uh, where we'll be at the Circle Drive-In mm -hmm. um, to premiere theatrically on the biggest screen in Napa. Do you say it? Napa? Napa? Nepa? Nepa. The biggest screen in Nepa. And yes. uh, I have to say that um, the people at the Circle Drive-In are absolute aces. Uh, Dave and, and the doctor and everybody up there with the, with the uh, you know, because you're also having a film there next week. Just great folks yep. there, great people to work with. And we really can't wait to be up on that beautiful screen. 
Our trailer's been playing there for the last couple months, and I'm getting messages all the time about how excited people are to see the film. Yes, and I think it's going to be a great night. Again, um, so the doors will open, I think, at 7, right? Uh, yeah, like open at 7 where people can start coming in, get tickets, get snacks. <laughs> yeah, and the other cool thing is, too, our movie's going to be playing with uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, I'm excited about that. Yeah, we want to engage people that are into the cosplay and the costumes and the Rocky Horror, because I think although our movie may be a little more family friendly, it's a classic monster movie. It's a shock and awe creature running around the, the, the woods and around a town and, and, and in a classic flavor, a werewolf. Um, I, I, I love the classic monsters. I love the Wolfman. I love Dracula. I love the the creature from the Black Lagoon. So we try to emulate this in everything we were doing when we were shooting. So I, I really great. hope people enjoy it. So that brings it into like, so so who do you think uh, should go see the film uh, as far as the age gap? Like what uh, uh, what would you recommend will be uh, for, this, for this film? I would recommend that you could bring your young kids to it. Um, I would say any kid that's too young to sit through a movie may not like it only because they're not too, they're too young to sit through a movie. Um, but any kid that can focus and concentrate on a good monster story, um, uh, family friendly, you know, uh, parents, I think parents will enjoy it because it harkens back to the monster squad, the Goonies. We were going for that kind of uh, fun, adventurous, scary movie. Um, so I think I think it's going to appeal to all ages. I think people that like horror movies, I think people who don't like horror movies are going to enjoy it. People that like right. sideshows and monsters and and just kind of a fun adventure story. I think they're really gonna they're gonna they're gonna dig it. Great, great. So that was August thirteenth and the fourteenth at eight. But uh, we really want you to be there for the thirteenth. Uh, and if you can't really make it, then the fourteenth is perfect as well. Yes. Uh, but the thirteenth, you will be there, both of you, right? Uh, meet mm -hmm. and greet. On the 13th, myself, Michael, uh, Bob Savakinis, our other executive producer, will be there, who's from Pennsylvania, who I would love to talk about all the stuff that you guys are working on with Scranton's championship season. Um, I love uh, Bob's documentaries, and I, I, your work, I think, is just wonderful. I'm really looking forward to seeing what you guys have put together and then actually screening with the classic film itself. So yes. uh, Bob's going to be out there on, on Saturday and Gene Snisky, WWE superstar. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who That's is in hundred acres of hell. He's coming out there. It's going to be kind of a reunion. Him and Michael haven't been together in a few years since they worked together on the film. And um, trying to think some other friends of ours that might've been in some classic horror films have reached out and said, Hey, listen, if I can make it, I'm going to come out. So of course I said, well, if you're coming out, you have to let me know because I want to announce it. Um, yes. But we're only announcing the people that have actually strictly confirmed with us at this time. So we're hoping that by Saturday as we go, we'll have some more announcements. No, and that's very cool. That's the cool yeah. thing about it is that, you know, uh, like you said, you're building relationships. So there you're getting the word out there. And, you know, these people will say, you know, I'm coming here for this and I'm coming here for that. Uh, so, again, it, it will be a great night, um, you know, just for you guys, uh, filmmakers out there, you know, uh, that you want to meet truly independent filmmakers that are doing great things, uh, you know, really all over, uh, you know, the East Coast. Uh, it's just, it's just, a, it's, it's a great uh, uh, thing to do on a Saturday night. Uh, what I'm also going to put here is I'm going to put your website because I know that for the ones that are not in Scranton, uh, for the ones that are in New York that are listening, make sure, you know, if you haven't gone to this uh, film festival, uh, which one was it? I'm sorry. It is the Festival of Cinema 
New York City. Okay. Uh, it's yes. place in Queens, New York. It's actually going on right now. Oh, in perfect. fact, our friends at Turbo Cola are there. They're up for Best Ensemble Cast tonight. Uh, that's actually a film that Showtown American Pictures is representing theatrically uh, because that's one of the things we're also looking to do at Showtown. We're looking to give independent filmmakers an opportunity with our connections with different um, outlets as far as uh, drive-ins and independent theaters. We're trying to help other independent filmmakers kind of get the same experience of getting their film on the big screen. So oh, wow. we definitely want to wish everybody at Turbo Cola some success tonight. As a matter of fact, I think they're actually showing right now in Queens, New York. So you'll probably see this later. Oh, perfect. So we definitely have some friends in that area. If you guys can uh, make it and support local filmmakers, well, not local filmmakers, filmmakers itself, independent filmmakers. Well, I'm uh, in the city, so it's right across the river. So like, I'm, okay. I'm, kind of, I'm kind of local to that area, too. Well, there you go. There you go. And uh, okay, perfect. So what we'll do is let me see if we have any questions online. Sometimes uh, people like to ask questions. Uh, if not, uh, I'm going to ask, I, I think you already answered, but I'm going to ask one question that I ask everyone uh, of our guests. Uh, but let well, me see. I'm going to talk about Pennsylvania film too, briefly, because yeah, um, that's just a great thing. Yes, yes. So we have, uh, uh, you know, Desiree's mom, is always on our live streams because she's our biggest supporter. Someone said, "Oh, John, John Conrad. I used to work with him at the uh, the local uh, college." Uh, thank you, John. Happy birthday! I, to I you. saw him there. What was the journey of getting Eric Roberts on board? Um, the journey was like we kind of spoke about earlier, um, just being persistent and calling and getting the script in front of him and his manager uh, to kind of jump aboard and do it. And uh, we're very excited to make that happen. And uh, a, a great guy. But one funny thing was, before we got him there on set, we weren't really sure if it was Eric Roberts and Eric Roberts Management that we were talking to. So we were actually really ready for like a surprise to happen at the last minute. And maybe somebody would show up pretending to be Eric Roberts. or uh, Because it kind of just fell together for us too easily. We put the work in. But there was something about it. I remember, you know, we, we were concerned. But there, Eric Roberts hopped off the plane. Todd brought him to set, and we did our thing. So it was really, really cool. That is exciting. That that, that must have been, uh, you know, very interesting. Just that feeling, right? Just yeah. like, did I, did I actually do this? Yeah. <laughs> is this working? It's like, is everything all right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, the Academy Award and and, uh, and uh, Golden Globe nominated actor is, is on our set. Uh that gives you a lot of validity really quickly. So it's, it's it does. amazing. It does. Yeah. And I think this film, I mean, I think it's going to be great. Uh, let me see. Uh, Joyce Davis says, Hey, Ed and Michael. Oh, hello. That would be my, my beautiful wife, Joyce Davis. That's cool. <laughs> All right. We're just supporters. I'm telling you that that's the best. And then, uh, that is a great combination. This might've come in when we were talking about something specific. I'm not sure what it was, but uh, we, we just put this out here. I want to say um, hi to Nikki Flores, filmmaker. Um, I've had a little bit of correspondence with Nikki. Um, okay. uh, Nikki does special effects in filmmaking, and I'm looking forward to the opportunity of us working together. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Good shout out. And Perfect. I saw so wish you a happy birthday on there. So. I'd like to thank oh, yeah. the individual Let's for, uh, for reaching out. There's the angel, right? There, yeah, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> yes. uh, John, uh, help me. Uh, he is um, 
he's an instructor at a professor at, at, the, at the college, but we did a little bit for a little promo uh, back oh, then. Very cool, very cool. Uh, but yes, uh, this is this is really good. Um, again, filmmakers out there, if you want to connect uh, with Ed and Michael, you know the best thing to do is just come to the drive-in on August thirteenth, which is only a few days, uh, where you can meet them. Uh, you can ask them questions. Uh, you can take some pictures, uh, and you can also enjoy a nice, beautiful night uh, watching a, a great film. Um, Thank you. And we're, we're very excited to meet everyone. I think the collaboration part is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've yeah. met a lot of people going to film festivals. I've met a lot of people going to these, these filmmaker meetups and groups. And, and uh, I, I think, you know, that's where you find the people that are on the same journey as you. So exactly. uh, if you have any questions about film, you want to talk about werewolves, if you just want to come hang out for the night, come hang out with me, Michael and Snitsky and, 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 and all the guys. And, uh, we're going to watch some movies and we're going to watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. And it's a Saturday night in Pennsylvania. Let's have some fun. Yeah, and it's not yeah. supposed to be hot. It's supposed to be like exactly. 78 or something. That's yeah. good. That's good because I do not agree with the heat. Being down here in Florida, it's always, there are two seasons here. There's summer and then there's summer, summer. We're in summer, <laughs> summer right now. Really, really summer, right? <laughs> oh, very cool. Well, you know, so then um, we want we don't want to keep you here too long. But uh, the last question, which I think you kind of answered it, but uh, we're just gonna uh, ask it anyway uh, for each of you is just what advice would you give um, someone who's just starting out in the filmmaking industry, or someone who may be thinking of starting uh, to be a filmmaker? Uh, maybe something that you would have told yourself, uh, you know, your younger self uh, that could have helped you along the way, uh, just as your creative journey. I, I would have said to them, do it when you're young. Don't do it when you get older. Uh, me getting involved in the film business at an older age, I think it's going to work out well for Michael. Well, actually, Michael has a very interesting plan. He's an honor student. And He's all super smart. I don't know where it came from. He got my wife's books and brains, so that's that's a good thing. Um, he has it all planned out. He's going to be an entertainment attorney. He's going to, you know, he has he already has his whole life planned out. But he's being exposed to all this film stuff now, which is which I had an opportunity to do when I was a kid. So any opportunity that you can get, don't wait. Don't say because never ain't nothing's ever going to be perfect. You can't sit there and go, I'm going to make this film. If I could just save up $10,000, I'm going to make this film. No, go out there, start getting together with the people that you work with and the people that you know, and make the film now. You might not make the film you want to make, but it could be the one that catapults you to the film that you want to make. And don't let people – there are so many people out there that want to kind of keep you down. Uh, there are so many people on there. You know, you put your, your, your trailer up on YouTube. And people who have never done anything will be the first ones to say, oh, it looks like it was made by a fifth grader. It's the worst thing I ever saw. You cannot be dissuaded by that. You need to keep moving forward, always forward. Have confidence in yourself and keep moving yeah. forward. Keep moving forward, always forward. And how about you, Michael? Just the best advice I can give is just hard work. I mean, that's really about it, just hard work. Hard work. Yes, yes, hard work. Uh, and I always uh, tell people, uh, if you say you're going to do it, do it, right? You know, uh, hard work, follow through uh, yeah. is one of the most important things. So 
there you have it, guys. Uh, hard work. And uh, for those who are, you know, a little bit older, uh, you know, like just starting out, you know, don't wait. Uh, for those who are young, don't wait till you have the best uh, looking camera because there's always going to be a better camera out there. You know? yeah. yeah. And, and, and embrace the different formats that you can put films on. Not every film needs to be on an IMAX screen. Not every film needs to be. There is a platform for everybody. Um, there's there's a platform for films that are just shot on phones. Um, and you just need to find and identify your audience, who's going to be your fan base. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you stay true to yourself and make the films you want to make, those individuals are going to find you. But they're never going to find you if your script just sits on a table somewhere on your desk in the middle of the night. You need to turn it into something. Consider yeah. other forms. Do you start doing audio plays? Start identifying who your, your your audience is going to be. That is great, great advice. Uh, perfect. Yeah. So with that advice, I'll let Desiree wrap it up, and then uh, I'll finish it up with a couple things. And um, I think we said all, all of our updates, uh, things that are coming up, right? Yeah, we did in the beginning. But, yeah, it's like thanks, everyone, so much for joining us tonight for Scranton Talks with these awesome filmmakers, Ed and Michael. Uh, just letting everyone know again that The Beast Comes at Midnight will be premiering this weekend on Saturday, August 13th and 14th at the Circle Drive in Dixon City, which will be coinciding with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, tickets are available at thecircledrivein.com, so go on there and get your tickets. Uh, you can learn more about the film on their website, thebeastcomesatminute.com, and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. And, yes, and yes, more yes. dates being announced soon. But we don't want to announce any more dates because we think that the individuals and the organizations that are so great to screen us now, we want to do everything we can to get people to come out. So please support the great Circle Drive and Theater. Please support us, support other independent filmmakers. We do our part. We go to independent screenings all the time. We're out there shaking hands and talking with people. Let's all get together. Um, There's a million Mavericks out there. There's a million Titanics. We need to all support one another. Yes. Well well said. Well well said. Uh, if you can't do it at home, guys, you know, like, you know, you have to do it at home. You go to the circle drive-in. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's going to be an amazing weekend. So, um, other than that, I mean, I think we touched up on all the uh, updates. Uh, uh, just make sure to follow our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we're going to be reposting uh, all this stuff throughout all of our social media. Uh, that way you'll have a chance to watch it again. Uh, and for those who couldn't watch it live, uh, you'll be able to watch this uh, pretty much anytime. Uh, and then we also put it on a podcast, uh, right, Desiree? Uh, what do we have it on now? Yes, you we put all the audio of our interviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so you can listen it, listen in whenever. I like listening to podcasts on my lunch. So, <laughs> and, and if I could say one more thing, I just want sure. to make sure that I that I really thank the Circle Driving yourselves for having us on this evening. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you, thank you, producer Robert Savakinis, who I cannot wait to work with in Pennsylvania. A news oh. part, a newspaper article came out the other day, and I was asked a few questions uh, about working with, with, with Bob. And I said, I can't wait because Bob has more passion about film than I've ever seen. He knows the locations, the people, uh, everything that we can put together to make great films in Pennsylvania. And that's why my partners and I are very engaged to work in that region. Not just with Bob, but a couple other Pennsylvania filmmakers. We want to bring everybody together and bring some great projects up to that area. So please come out and meet with us, talk with yeah. us. And 
We want to talk film. We want to talk. Perfect. Those are great news. Great news. And well said about uh, Bob. I second that. I mean, definitely uh, he knows what he's doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, what What better thing to do than collaborate? Uh, so thank you for that. On that note, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave everyone with the trailer. Uh, that you. way they can uh, see it one more time. And then uh, in graphic, in uh, stick around. And Michael, don't leave us. Uh, and um, that way uh, we can say our proper goodbyes. Thank right. you so much. Thank Good night, everybody. Thank Thanks you. Thanks, everyone. And thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of the Scranton Talks podcast. I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all that is happening with the Independent Film Creative Hub. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like, if you can't make one of our live broadcasts, you can see all our interviews on our YouTube channel. And we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well with this podcast. And be sure to come out and support the local filmmakers of The Beast Comes at Midnight, which will be premiering on Saturday, August 13th at the Circle Drive-In in Dixon City, coinciding with the Rocky Horror Picture Show that will follow after it. Um, you can get your tickets at circledrivein.com, and it'll also be showing again on Sunday, August 14th. So be sure to check that out. And thank you so much again for joining us. The Independent Film Creative Hub is for you. It's here to help filmmakers reach their potential in becoming successful creative artists. And be sure to visit our website, ourcreativehub.com, and join our directory. It's free to sign up. And thank you again for joining us. I hope to see you again soon and come out and support your local independent filmmakers. Mm -hmm.